Chapter 10 Neither of them felt like searching for the king under the fort now. They would check to see if Elf was back from the vets on their way home. No-Tail perked up on the way and climbed its way up James's arm to sit on his shoulder. There were lights on at the big house. Jenny rang the doorbell. Elf answered, red-eyed. They went up to her room in the roof. Jenny told Elf about what they'd seen at the abandoned ice rink. So, they did poison Claudia, Elf said, those grey assassins. And you think that it was King Pigeon in the room? I couldn't see, James said. Neither could I, Jenny said, but it must have been him, and he's planning to set fire to the pier on Saturday. She got to No-Tail's part. Elf couldn't believe what the squirrel had done. You mean this little squirrel took on all those pigeons? Elf asked, giving No-Tail a rub of its neck. She was sitting on her bed, and the little squirrel was lounging on her pillow. It was amazing, James said. I saw two arrows fly, or darts, I guess. One at the Empress and one at King Pigeon. The Empress dodged. She was fast. I don't know if the other one hit the king. No-Tail shook its head sadly. Elf gave it another rub. So brave, she said. And what happened to your hand? James's left hand was a mess. It was covered in scratches with three deep cuts. He was dabbing them with some toilet roll. Pigeon damage, he said. It's not too bad. A couple of plasters and it'll be fine. He flexed his fingers and blood seeped from a gouge on the back of his hand. We need some help, Elf said. It sounds like the poisoning Claudia is bad. I want to speak to someone about it. And who else is there that can help? James and Jenny didn't know. Plus, there was the problem of the plan to burn the pier down on Saturday. Can't we go to the police? Elf asked. What would we say? James said. No one would believe us. We need some real evidence. Any adult would think we were wasting their time with a kid's story. Then that decides it, Elf said. We'll go and find the king under the fort tonight. James and Jenny looked at each other. Elf needed their support. So did Claudia. They agreed to wait until bedtime, then sneak out and up to the fort. Jenny would pick up Elf, and they'd rendezvous with James at the top of Balfour Road at 11pm. There were risks involved, especially when leaving home and returning. But the risk to Claudia seemed much more real. What about Notel? Jenny asked. Nobody answered, as the squirrel had fallen fast asleep on Elf's pillow. James was the first to arrive. He stood half in the driveway to Van Dien's school near the top of Balfour Road. Sneaking out had been easy. His parents were both watching something in the front room, and he quietly walked out of the back door. He shuffled from foot to foot to keep warm. He checked the time, twenty past eleven. Either Jenny or Elf was having trouble leaving. He guessed Jenny, because he hadn't seen Elf's parents. He hadn't seen them at all. Every time someone approached, he moved back, deeper into the driveway. So far, no one had paid him any attention. He would give them ten more minutes and then go home. He wasn't in the mood for searching the hill fort at night on his own. 11.30. Time for bed. He set off down the road and saw two people coming up. Was that Jenny and Elf? No, they were too big. He crossed to the other side of the road to avoid them and saw two more people hurrying up. This time it was the girls. Where have you been? he said. I'm freezing. Sorry, Jenny said. My sisters stayed up late and I couldn't get past them. I did message you. James checked. The messages from Jenny were there. 
He'd turned the volume down after the bad-timed chime earlier in the day, then forgotten to check. They walked fast to the top of the road and crossed over into Hollingbury Park. It was late enough that the park was deserted. They all had torches with them, and they used them once they'd reached the golf course. Elf hadn't been up to the Phil Elf hadn't been up to the hill. Elf. What is it? Thank you. Elf hadn't been up to the hill forts before. She was slightly disappointed. It's just a ditch and a raised path, she said. How is that a fort? I think there used to be more to it, said Jenny, but that was a long time ago. The main thing is it goes right round the top of the hill. The trick point's over there. The trick point was still and silent. Jenny showed them the knocker. Each of them tried it, and each of them failed to work out if it had anything to do with the king under the fort. They searched the grass and bushes around the trick point and found nothing. Twice they walked the path all the way around the fort, and twice they saw nothing unusual at all. They'd been up there for more than an hour. It was time to think about going home. The night was clear. They were back on the path near the trick point. James turned off his torch. Hey, he said, turn your torches off and look up. They did. James pointed out different constellations in the stars, and even another galaxy that was just visible. Ursa Major, Ursa Minor, Orion and Andromeda. They had a race to see who could spot a satellite first. James won, but Elf saw the next one. There was a rustling sound back down the path towards the golf course. Jenny pulled the other two off the path and behind a bush. They waited and watched. Moments later, a large, low, black-and-white creature appeared. A badger, shuffling quickly along the path, it made its way to the trig point. Then, the whole concrete post tipped over, revealing an entrance to a tunnel. The badger looked around twice, then disappeared down the tunnel. Come on, James whispered to the others. They didn't need telling twice. They ran to the tunnel and looked down. It dropped straight down. James shone his torch. There were iron rungs on one side. He put his torch between his teeth and sat on the edge, then took a rung in his hands and descended. After about ten feet, he was on level ground. The tunnel cut under the path and was large enough for him to stand, but only just. All clear, he called up. Elf came down next, and then Jenny. I don't like this, Elf said. We don't know it's safe. James felt fine. There was something about the way the tunnel was made, or just was, that reassured him. I think it's okay, he said. I'm going to have a look. You could stay here, or up at the surface and wait. No, I'll stay with you, Elf said quickly. They set off. The tunnel wasn't level. It sloped downwards, and it wasn't straight. It was curved like the path above. Only the curve tightened over time. There were other tunnels leading off. Most were small and looked disused, or had part caved in. Each of them took off their hats and undid their coats as they walked. It was getting warmer. Then, the tunnel stopped abruptly, terminating in a solid wooden door. The door had a knocker on it, like the one at the trig point. They looked at each other. Nothing else to do but knock. Almost as if to prove that she wasn't scared, Elf lifted the knocker and let it drop. It boomed against the door, loud in the otherwise quiet tunnel. They stood by it for a while, then James decided to try again. He reached out to grab the knocker, and the door opened slightly. James shone his torch at the gap. He couldn't see what was on the other side. A gruff voice came out. What do you want? 
and turn that light off. James quickly pointed the torch at the floor. Off, I said, and I won't ask so nicely a third time. There was a menace to the deep, gravelly voice. But this time, James did as instructed. With the light off, the tunnel should have been pitch black, but there was enough light for them to see by. The door swung open, and on the other side was the badger they'd seen before, only now it was standing on its back legs, wearing a pair of shorts and a brightly coloured Hawaiian shirt. Humans? My word! You better have a good reason for bothering me down here. Nobody spoke. Well, am I going to have to eat you? Elf took a step backwards. Are you the king under the fort? James asked. What if I am? We were told that you were the man, a uh, badger, to ask for help with a problem, James said, keeping his composure. And what idiot told you that? the badger said grumpily. My cat, Claudia, Elf said. And the Countess Madeira, James added. You say they need my help, but you're not them. How do I know you're not just here to steal my crown? The badger wasn't sounding any happier. I think I should close this door and you will leave. Yep, that's what I'll do. Jenny stepped forward. I have this pebble, she said. I think the starlings were bringing it for you. She held out the pebble with three scratches on it. The badger eyed it suspiciously. So you're a thief too, he said. Good night to you. Wait, Elf said. Claudia was shot with a poisoned dart from a grey assassin. She's in a coma. And Archduke Crackwing has taken over the pier and kicked the starlings out, James added. And King Pigeon and the Empress of the Six Dials are going to burn the pier down, Jenny added. Well now, that all sounds like other people's problems. What's it got to do with me? The badger didn't sound quite so grumpy now. We were told that you might be able to help, James said. Could we speak to you just for a few minutes and then we'll leave? And I promise that we'll never bother you again. Never again, eh? the badger said. I'll give you five minutes. And if I see you down here again, my striped face will be the last thing you ever see. 